Thank you, Lord. Thank you for bringing us together once again. And we continue to put our trust in you. We believe that you are doing things that are bigger than what we can see. Uh, just as you uh, are doing in, in, all throughout your word that you show us time and time again. Mm -hmm. So open our hearts today as we learn from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't, know, I don't know if this is typical or not uh, of people, what you think when you hear this, but when I hear the term bread and water, the first thing I think about is punishment. Because uh, it, it, there's, there's a, I even wonder if it comes, there's a, there's a passage. If you go back to the Bible, there's actually a, a couple of places where it's implied. There's one in particular uh, in Second or First Kings, rather, chapter 22, where the prophet Micaiah prophesies against uh, King Ahab, and the king says, "I will put him in prison and feed him on feed him sparingly on bread and water until I come back." Yeah. And the prophet says, you're not coming back. <laughs> but, uh, actually, I'm not sure if he said it that way or not. But that was the, that was the uh, end result for certain. But uh, that's kind of actually, a, it, it has been a common punishment in uh, history. I didn't know this, but when I looked it, looked it up, the U.S. Navy only stopped allowing that as a way for officers to punish sailors, sailors in 2019. Oh my! So uh, it's a, it's been a long-standing practice. Now I don't know if the bread's good enough. I don't know that I consider that too bad a punishment. But, <laughs> <laughs> probably stay. Uh, but uh, yeah, probably not the best bread. But. The implication is obviously that that's not enough. Right. Other passages, though, speak of bread and water simply as a term indicating provision. Uh, we got to have something to eat, and we got to have water to live. And in fact, one of the places where uh, the term is used is uh, when God is, is talking about the Moabites and, and is uh, basically saying they, they're not going to, they can't enter the assembly because they didn't give you bread and water when you were uh, on your way to the promised land. So it's, the bread and water is provision that we want to focus on. Because Jesus used these natural things uh, and gave them a spiritual dimension. He is the bread of life. And he provides living water. Amen. And this is uh, one of John's rec recurring themes that we see throughout the passage that we've been studying. So, here we go again. I'm going to, to launch back into this. And uh, I, I just love this. I hope y'all are enjoying it as much as I am. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is chapter 6. 
And we're continuing on. It begins with, of course, the, the feeding of the 5,000, which he did for a purpose. He was uh, gearing up for, for a big lesson, actually one of the central lessons uh, that, that John wants us to get from uh, his account here of, of the things that Jesus said and did. So as we know, he sent the disciples ahead, dismissed the crowds, went up to the mountain to pray. And then when he saw the disciples struggling in the storm, came walking on the water. Yeah. His power thus over nature is established as well. Though the crowd doesn't see this, they, uh, when they saw the breaking of the loaves, they didn't see this particular thing happen. And so they're confused. They want to know, how did you get here? They followed him to Capernaum. <clears throat> and they're asking, when did you get here? And so he then gets the opportunity to continue the lesson that he started on the other side of the lake. And basically begins with, you're following your stomachs. I want, I want you to taste something that's more than typical. The, the work of God, because then they ask, okay, well, what, what do we need to do? And he says the work of God is what? To believe on him whom he has sent. Amen. And so that's where we're picking up this conversation. And we're going to pick it up in verse 30 of chapter 6. So they said to him, What then are you doing as a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work are you performing? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. For it is written, he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will not be hungry, and the one who believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Everything the Father gives to me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven to do the will. <clears throat> and I, excuse me. Let's do that again. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. For this is the will of him who sent me, that of everything he has given me, I will lose nothing. But will raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise Him up on the last day. Amen. Amen. 
So we begin this conversation with, uh, or, or continue this conversation rather, with a challenge. Uh, he's just, he's just told them, essentially, the work of God is to believe in me. And so then they challenge him again. What's, what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing that, that that we can see that we can believe this? And these are the same people that ate the five the, the loaves just the day before. But they are still focused on performance and the provision that was made for them. He's been giving them signs all along, but they will not believe. Ultimately, he himself will be the sign. And we can see the problem with this by looking at, at some other passages. This is not the first time he's been asked for a sign. The Pharisees asked him for a sign, and we have it recorded in, in Matthew 12, 38. And this is what he replied to them in 39 and 40. An evil and adulterous generation seeks and craves for a sign. And yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah, the prophet. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the fish, or the sea monster, this version says, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Of course, he's talking about What's going to happen when he's, when he's crucified and raised from the dead three days later? Now, there is an alternative way of reading this that I came upon in my study uh, where they're not necessarily, the, the, the suggestion is they're not necessarily because of the way that the phrasing is there and the New, this version of New American Standard does write it that way. What work are you doing? where they're not necessarily asking for another sign, they're asking him to explain what he did before. How does this fit? How, how does this make it uh, possible? Or, or how do you explain this in a way that we can, we can understand what you're saying with all of you? But nevertheless, the real point, however you read that, the real point is they still don't believe. Right. And so they point back to Moses and, and the manna. And they're quoting, uh, among other places, from uh, Psalm 78, 24 and 25. Then Jesus gives the answer. And he says, for one thing, you got this wrong. Moses didn't do that. Right. His power came from the Heavenly Father. Amen. Moses was only the conduit. It was the Father who gave you that bread. Amen. Moses is not your answer. You need to be looking to the one that Moses talked about. Your Father, the Heavenly Father, is the true source. He was the source then, and He's the source now. And He sent you something far better. That manna, too, was, was just a temporary thing. They had to gather it every day, except on the Sabbath. They could get two days in, 
uh, because they weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath, and somehow it would last if if uh, if they gathered on. But they were literally supposed to gather it for that day. It wouldn't keep beyond that. And they would be hungry again. And it sustained life, but it could not give them life. And when they got to the promised land, it stopped. Because they had arrived at the place that they, that they were supposed to, that they were promised to be. Now Jesus, though, is offering the true bread. Something that truly came down from heaven. And that is capable of giving not just life, but life everlasting. And not just to the Jews, but note that he says there, to the world. Amen. That's all of us, that's you and me. That's right. So then, they still haven't caught on. Whether this is willful or not, it's not for us to say, I suppose. But they still haven't caught on because they said, well, give, well, give that and always give us that. We want some too. And so they, they persist in, in missing the spiritual nature of what Jesus is telling them here. They want something from him to satisfy their flesh. But he's about to offer them flesh, all right. He's about to offer them his own flesh. And they're not, they're really going to have a problem with that. Because they don't understand what he's saying. Right. He's, but he says here, I am the bread of life. Amen. He who comes to me will not hunger. You know, our greatest hunger is not what's in our belly. It's not for food. Our greatest hunger is for the love that we were made for. Right. And it's that that he offers us. He who believes in me will never thirst. Or never be thirsty, this one says. You know, this is, you might remember, he said something like this already once before. We studied it in John chapter 4. As he's speaking to the woman there at the well, he says in verse 14, whoever drinks of this water will be Okay, let me, refer, let me try that again. Praise God. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst, but the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. I always thought that was a really strange image. But he makes, uh, he makes a similar statement actually in John chapter 7, which I'm sure we'll get to, unless the Lord has other plans. But that living water is, is also, is often used too, the water is often used as a, as a, as a signal, a sign of the Holy Spirit. And this water that is in you, it's not just for you. It's a, it's a source of water that keeps coming and keeps flowing out of you. It's meant to be shared. Mm -hmm. It's meant to give life to those around you. It's beyond us. And there 
further need for, for your salvation. Your salvation is taken care of. And now your job is to flow, let that flow out of you and bring others to the same salvation. Because we represent him while we're here. But he says, you still won't believe. And they've seen him. But actually, what, I'm getting ahead of line the guy. He says, you still won't believe in 36. And they've seen him. And they've seen him perform miracles. They saw him feed the 5,000, which of course launched this whole conversation. Uh, also, we know from the other, other Gospels that he did not only, that's not the only thing he did that day. He also performed healings that day. Uh, probably cast out demons that day. I don't remember everything that he said there, but I know he healed the sick for sure. I remember that. So they've seen him do things already. Mm -hmm. You've seen me, but you're not believing. They're following him, but they're following him in pursuit, basically, of their own fulfillment. Some of them wanting to be the conquering king that's going to deliver them. Some of them just, uh, they, they got fed, they want some more. They want him to be, they want him for what they want him to be and not who he is. But then we come to, I think, one of the most comforting promises. I always love to read this part. Because he says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And this is a recurring theme that we see throughout John's Gospel. In 3.35, he says, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hand. In, five, in several places in John chapter 5 that we read, he says, But the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things that He Himself is doing. And the Father will show Him even greater works than these that you may marvel. In 5.22, he has given all judgment to the Son. And again, in 27, he gave him authority to execute judgment. Verse 5.26, he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. 5.36, the works which the Father has given me to do, to accomplish. So that he gave him the work. Everything that Jesus is doing is coming straight from the Father. Amen. He says, everything that the Father gives me is going to come to me. Not only these things that you've already seen, but also the people. Because all of this is done to draw people. Right. All of this is done for the sake of relationship, for the sake of making a way for us to be with Him. He says, He who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. Amen. You know, a lot of times we 
We get saved, and it's genuine. We truly gave our hearts to the Lord, but things happen. We get confused. We get discouraged. And I, I remember thinking this as a teenager. I kind of got a little rebellious and did a few things I shouldn't have done. And I, I remember saying to somebody, oh, I don't think God wants me. I don't think he wants anything to do with me. I, didn't, I messed up too bad. But that's not how God is. Now, we can argue about eternal security, but I tell you what, the more I read, the more I study, um, I'm not going to say that I believe you can't throw it away, but I guarantee you, you can't lose it. He is not going to let you go. And he's not going to throw you away. Have confidence in that. If you've messed up, turn around, start going in the right direction, repent. Uh, John, uh, John also writes in his, uh, his letter that when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Amen. Amen. We have been given to him. He paid the ultimate price for us. That's what we're going to be saying about, talking about this month. Or on into April. I guess it issues in April this month. But that's what, uh, that's what this season uh, is all about, is recognizing that, that he paid that price, that he made it possible. He will not reject the sincere heart. But now he says... I have come down from heaven. And this now connects with chapter, with the verse 32, rather, where he says, it is my Father who has given you the true bread from heaven. Now he's made it, he's made it plain. If they didn't understand it before, this is what I'm saying. And we'll see next week, they knew exactly what he was saying because they weren't too happy about it. But he says, I am the bread of life. There can be no further doubt now. And then he says something, another one of those interesting statements. He says, I haven't come to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Now, he has said himself, I and the Father are one. We, we recognize that there is one God. There's three, there are three expressions of God. There is one God. Right. Uh, three persons, if you will, of God, but one God. So it would follow then that Jesus' will and Father's will would always be the same. So what's he saying here? Well, Jesus became a human being. He's still God, but he became a human being with a human will. And we, we can see that he willingly submitted himself to the Father. But, and he always seeks the Father's glory and not his own glory. You see that in 718, he says that, uh, John 718, he says that plainly. But perhaps the most poignant part, or the most poignant example of the places where those two wills are, are perhaps in conflict is in the garden 
where he prays in Luke chapter 22, 42. When he's been praying, if you are willing, uh, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus had his own will, but he was all he always submitted that will to the Father. And what is the Father's will? Well, in 39, he tells us, of all that he has given me, I lose nothing. Focus here is people. We know that from looking back at verse 37. And the believer may be secure in this. He's not going to drop it. Even if he deserves it, he's not going to drop it. All right. And yes, the chosen remain so. But I will raise him up on the last day. Our hope is our hope is in that resurrection. That's why it's so important. That's why we celebrate it. Because he is risen, we will rise. Amen. Because of his resurrection, we can be certain of ours. And the Father's will will be accomplished through Jesus. That everyone who sees and believes in Him. Now this one kind of caught me off guard too as I looked at it. And wait a minute. What does He mean? Because there's only a few people that actually got to see Him. A few hundred, maybe a few thousand. A few thousand people actually got to see Him. So it can't be simply the physical presence that we're talking about here. Uh, none of us are likely to see him in that way until we meet him in the air or in heaven. Maybe we may get to meet him in the air. We may be that close. But we see him through his word. And we see him through the actions of his followers. So what does that mean? That means that we, as his followers, have an awesome responsibility. Because we are here to reveal Jesus. We're his ambassadors. We're here to act like he would act. So that we will draw people to him. So that they may see and believe. People need to see Jesus in you. People need to see Jesus in me. If they're not seeing Jesus in us, we need to get right. Amen. But well, he, he says we will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up at the last day. To me, that, that's, that feels very personal. I don't know how that warning we're told you know, it, it happens in an instant that we're right there and we're with him and, and so it's not going to look like the image in my head uh, besides that most of the people who have gone on there, there's, there's nothing left anyway to, to, to raise up but I'll tell you the, the picture that I have in my head though is Jesus reaching down and taking me up on the head come on come on it's time to go And I hold on to that. And that, it gives me, brings me great joy. I know it's not going to happen exactly like that, but I know it's going to be awesome. Amen. 
So the question that we can ask, questions we can ask from, from the text today. Who are we following? Are we following the Jesus that we would like? Uh, the Jesus that, that makes us feel good about ourselves? Uh, the Jesus that takes care of us according to our instructions? Uh, Jesus who loves us but who doesn't make any demands on us? Which, by the way, is not real love. Jesus who is going to come back and judge all the people that we don't like? Are we following the biblical Jesus? Jesus that is holy, holy God. Who is just because He is love. Who calls us to a holy life. And who wholly gave His holy life so that we can be holy. Jesus is, our, is the hope of our salvation. He has offered himself the bread of life. And he does meet our deepest need. And if we'll partake of him, we'll never hunger again. Amen. He gives us the living water it's sufficient to quench our thirst for all time. And it's to flow out of us and water the world. We represent Jesus. He is the true source of life. And we are to be about spreading that life. It's a life eternal, eternal, and abundant and available to anyone who will receive it. So thank you, Lord. Thank you that you did that for us. Thank you that you have given us that life. Lord, show us how to be about spreading that life. You gave us that mission. You said, go into the whole world and make disciples. Oh, author of life, show us how to... This is one place when copying is good. We need to copy you. Show us what we need to be doing as individuals, as a church. And Lord, it's my prayer that if anybody, uh, wherever they are, could be anywhere around the world, doesn't know you, that this will be the day that they say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you died and rose again to pay for my sins. I believe that your blood paid the price. Please come and be my Lord and change my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.